day and welcome to another great message from Mr. Christian Outreach Church. We pray you've been inspired and equipped by this teaching. For more information on Noosa Christian Outreach Church, please check out our website at noosacoc.org.au. Enjoy. It's Vision Sunday today, and uh, which means we're going places. When you've got vision, it means you're going places. And, uh, you know, we heard, we, we shared... Um, communion earlier, and I love it in in Matthew when it talks when when it talks about the Last Supper, and uh, they they had the Last Supper, and Jesus said what he was going to say, and then it says this: it says Jesus and the disciples sang a hymn, and then they went up to the Mount of Olives, and uh, I thought, you know, it's it's a, it's a significant thing that before we go anywhere, we acknowledge in whose name we go. And we acknowledge that it's not about us, it's about him. And uh, I've got my, um, my musician with me today. He's going to help us sing. And I'm going to teach you a new song. And you, you may have heard it before. It's called Bless the Lord, O My Soul. Because what we want to do is we want to establish his dominion before we step into any vision. We want to establish his goodness and we want to put him first and lift his name above our names. So if you want to sit, if you want to stand, we're going to sing this song. James is going to lead us now. But it's about our voices. It's about our declaration. It says they sang a hymn together. Not with the band, not with them, just they sang a hymn together. So why don't you join with us right now and let's sing this amazing few words about God's goodness. Put your hand on your heart right now. Shut your eyes. And let's pray. Father, we, 
we open our hearts, we open our minds to receive from you today. We give you permission, Lord. We give you permission to reveal a new part of your goodness to us. Lord, we thank you and we commit ourselves afresh to your gospel of peace and of grace and of truth. May your revelation stick to our hearts and minds and may everything else fade away, Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless you, our Heavenly Father, with all of our soul, with all of our might, with all that we are. We lift your name, the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. All right, let's take a seat. You know, as I, as I prepared, as I, as I sat and prayed and shared and discussed with many people um, where we're at this year, um, I was humbled by the process. I'm humbled by the task before us as a church that God has given Kristen and I are personally grateful for the trust that you have bestowed upon us. You know, we're mindful of the, the sacrifices of the great men and women who have gone before us and established this platform. And, um, you know, I'm also mindful that when casting vision, the seasons of life are many and varied. Some of us have been saved and we've been walking with God for many decades. Some of us have, have walked in salvation for only days. Some of us enjoy the still waters of peace, while at the same time other people have this raging sea of anxiety and of fear. So when we talk about things of vision, it's important that we acknowledge that our lives are varied, that our, that our maturity in Christ is varied, that our understanding of his, the gospel of truth is varied. So at these moments we look forward humbly and we carry on not because of our experience or our capacity, but because we know that our peace, our confidence, our strength and our worth are all a direct result of the trust that we have in his salvation. We gather each week because we've chosen to seek the glorious hope of Christ over the fear of life. Because we've chosen maintaining the unity of the spirit over the conflict of our day. We come and worship and discuss the greatness of God because we don't want the beliefs that we've learnt from earth to dominate our hearts and rob us from the peace and the goodness of heaven. So the time's come to reaffirm our enduring faith, church. To embrace our God-given freedom to know that to live is simply Christ. To live is Christ. And as we look today forward towards the future generations, we honour the platform of the previous. Pastor Mike and Di, Pastor Gary and Terry, Pastor Mark and Lee, who have gone before us, who have established this platform, who have shared vision each year. We honour them. But now it's time to look forward, church. It's time to look forward at the platform that we're laying for the future generation. And as we look back, we're thankful. The good and the bad we've received give us insight into opportunities, 
And it also gives us errors to avoid. So no matter what we've received, no matter what we've inherited, whether it's from your parents or from your church or from your school or from your government or from wherever it is that you've received something, we can look back and we can build upon the good things and we can learn from the mistakes of the previous generation. And so no matter what life presents, God's capacity remains undiminished and our our salvation remains secure as always in Christ Jesus our Lord. We understand through scripture that we're created with a spirit of power, with a spirit of love, and with a spirit of sound mind. So the first part of our vision this year is that you would have a greater understanding and a new measure of the trust in the salvation of Jesus Christ. See, it's as we go, grow complete through salvation that we become fearless on earth. See, the prior part to that verse is that it says you were not created with a spirit of fear. And it's as we grow complete in Christ and understand our salvation at a deeper level that we become fearless. We see a fearless people. When I look out, I see a people who have no fear. Sometimes we, we need to shake off the beliefs that we've earned about things that could go wrong and embrace the peace that goes beyond our understanding. That you have the courage to live according to the rhythm of God's kingdom. See, there's a rhythm that we embrace on earth. And that rhythm of earth is revolved around me and my need. And the rhythm of heaven is revolved around the will of our heavenly father. And he wants us to walk in the rhythm of heaven and we begin to get free in that when we begin to understand the depths of our salvation. The great prophet Isaiah said to us in Isaiah chapter 12 verse 2, he said, Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and will not be afraid. For the Lord God is my strength and my song and he has become my salvation. This is a verse that is central to our vision this year, is to trust in his salvation. Every challenge of life that presents itself to us is an indicator that we can trust a deeper version of our salvation. He wants us to go deeper. He says, the deep things of me call out to the deep things of you. And it's as we go deeper and understand who he is and what he's done and who we now are because of what he's done, that we can embrace the moment with gusto. The liberty we walk in is simply according to the trust that we have in his salvation. Apostle Paul actually says, Work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. See, it all starts with our conversion. Our conversion is the human side of salvation. And then we get, walk into redemption or the regeneration of our lives, which is the spiritual side of our salvation. Conversion is simply us turning away from our sins toward God. It starts with conviction. We get an awareness of our sinful nature and then it's followed by a desire to be with God. Acts 2 verse 37 says this. It says, when they heard the story of Jesus and their sin." They were cut to the heart and said to the apostles, what shall we do? When they heard the story of their sin and Jesus Christ, they became aware 
they became convicted. Then that they were cut to their hearts, sorry, and became convicted. And then they said to the apostles, what shall we do? Then they had desire. See, we get convicted of our sin when we become aware of it. And then we have a desire to walk with God. I see a group of believers who have complete trust in the salvation of God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Free from fear and anxiety and walking in the confidence, the love and the power that we're created with. There's two aspects of our vision this year. There's the aspect of us and there's the aspect of me. And we need to look at life from those two perspectives. See, it's not about me. It's actually not about us. It's all about him. And our response individually and our response corporately to him. So when we look at our year, I want you to look at it from two angles. I want you to look at it from the angle of God with us. And I want you to look at it from the angle of God with me. When we look at it from God with us, we say, what do we stand for and what are we going to do together? And then when we look at it with, as in God with me, we think about where am I going to get established? Where am I going to get planted? And to what and to whom and to how am I going to commit myself this year? So as far as God with us, this is what we envision. We envision a church discovering the depths of our salvation and God's authority through focused prayer, through focused ministry, through focused teaching, through focused worship. The scripture says we are the scriptures say we are made wise unto salvation through the scriptures. So we train believers in becoming disciples through amazing things like our cross training course on Sunday nights, through our study groups. And what about God with me? This is a challenge that I have for you today. This is a statement that I want you to own. I am committed to gain a new understanding and an increased confidence in my salvation into God's family through the Lord Jesus Christ. How am I going to do that practically? Well, I'm going to attend consistently church and godly things. I'm going to grow spiritually. I'm going to join in some of these small groups. I'm going to, I'm going to join. I'm going to go to things like Holy You. I'm going to join cross training and get a foundation of truth of the gospel through our, through our teachers. And I'm going to serve faithfully. See, it's all about trusting in his salvation. And the beginning of trusting in his salvation is gaining a new depth of understanding about this salvation that we've received. God wants us to be fearless. He wants us to walk and to know that to live is Christ and to die is gain. And our heart for you this year is that you will, you will grow more complete in your trust of the salvation that he has given you. The other thing we want to do this year is we want to liberate God's power in and through us. See, once we've discovered the salvation that he has for us, we need to walk in his power and in his authority. And we know that God wants us to live and to work as his representatives on earth. We see it in Genesis 1, right from the beginning. He says, let us make man in our image and in our likeness and let's give them dominion over the earth. So he's given us responsibility. He wants us to be his representatives. He's called us ambassadors. We're citizens of heaven. We're representatives on earth. Here's the thing. Before we can walk in God's delegated authority, we need to first embrace God's ultimate authority. 
As Jesus taught us to pray, he closed with a declaration and a reminder to us about authority. Who's, when we, we ask God for a lot, but we need to constantly remind ourselves of whose authority all this is. And Jesus ends that prayer of Matthew 6.13. He says, For thine, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory. For how long? Forever. Amen. See, God's authority liberates while man's authority dominates. See, when, we walk in, when I walk in my authority, I end up dominating people. When I walk in God's authority, I end up liberating people. So we, we, we want to have a, 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 a revelation this year of being obedient to God's authority. Because when I step out of God's authority, I step into my own. And in my own, I become selfish. And when I'm selfish, I dominate those around me instead of liberate those around me. So we want to have, have a year where we, where we discover the revelation of obedience to his authority. You know, Satan's not afraid of us preaching his word, the word of Jesus. But he is in fear of us being subject and being a part of the authority of Christ on earth. When you walk in his authority, that sends fear into the heart of our enemy. We can talk about God all day, but when we walk in his authority, that sends a fear into the heart of the enemy because it is how heaven is established on earth. The battle that we have is that we live in a democracy. So we struggle to understand God's authority because here in Australia, we decide who's in charge and we decide what they're in charge of. So when it comes to the word of God, we tend to decide which parts of the word that we like and which parts of the word that we don't like. We decide which parts of God's authority we want to embrace and which parts we don't want to embrace. And God wants us to understand his ultimate authority and be obedient to that instead of democratically looking at the Bible and us deciding what we believe is right and what we believe is not. Only after we've known God's authority and have learned obedience to it can we actually lead people into a place of freedom. Sometimes we have authority directly. Sometimes we have it through other people. The reality is it's irrelevant where the, who has the authority. What is relevant is that we're walking in his authority, not our own and not a man's authority. A great picture of this is the Apostle Paul. Before Paul knew the authority of God, he was actually under the authority of the Old Testament law. And under the Old Testament law, these upstart followers of Jesus Christ, this this so be it Messiah, were in the way of the authority of the law. So he went, away, he went around taking care of these Christians, taking them out off the scene, even killing them. He tried to wipe out the church that was blocking God's authority, what he thought was God's authority. And then what happened? He met God. After he met the Lord on the road to Damascus, he understood God's authority. He immediately fell to the ground and acknowledged Jesus as Lord. And here's the interesting thing with the life of Paul. After that, he was able to submit himself to the directions of a lowly man named Ananias. See, in the, in the, in the, um, in the nation of Israel, Paul was high up. Ananias was low down and Paul would never have taken advice from Ananias. 
But when he met the authority of God, when Paul met the authority of God, he no longer looked at Ananias's position on earth. He looked at the authority of God that was coming through this man. This is why that Mrs. Fuller, who's, who's an elder in our church, can receive a prophetic word from a child and take it as the authority of God because she doesn't see the child, she sees the authority of God. And this is how we can live as a church together. When we understand authority, we no longer see the person, we actually see the authority of God. And this is why the Apostle Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. Because if you follow me, you'll be in trouble. If you follow the Christ in me, you'll be set free. God wants us to understand his authority and be obedient to it. And when we get it, when we embrace it, I'm no longer offended by you. I'm looking for the God in you and I can follow that. This is how a body of Christ becomes a real body. We no longer look at each other. We look at the God in each other. Whoever has met with the authority from that point on, only deals with authority, not with man. This is why Jesus, even our Lord Jesus, did very little in Nazareth. The people didn't see the God in Jesus. They saw the boy that grew up in that town. What an amazing, what an amazing revelation that we have of his authority right there in that verse. See, God had a great job for Paul to do, but he needed to him to approach it humbly. See, Paul was a mighty man in, in, in Israel and God needed him to be humble. So how did he humble him? He arranged for him to get baptized and for him to get sent by a lowly man in the kingdom of God. On physical terms, Ananias was unfamous. In spiritual terms, he was delivering the authority of the almighty God. And this is what we want to carry. This is what we need to carry. This is what we must carry. And this is what we must walk in if we're to establish God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. We no longer are bothered by who the man is. The thing with life is some of the most important lessons, some of the most important revelations that God wants to speak to you He's going to speak to you, not through someone you respect, not through someone who has an amazing oratory gift, not through someone who looks amazing, who's, who's, who's packaged the way you like it to be packaged. He's just going to deliver truth at the right time in the right place through whoever he chooses. So if, when we understand the authority of God, we are always ready to receive the wisdom of heaven. We're always open to say that no matter whom I am standing in front of, I may have the wisdom of heaven, you may have the wisdom of heaven, so let's be open for it. Philippians 2 verse 8 says this, Jesus humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death. Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. The name, and that at that name of Jesus, every knee should bow, of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He wants us to understand that he is in the place of authority and that we need to walk in that if we are to influence humanity with his goodness. So our vision for this year is that we would obey his authority. The old proverb says that obedience is better than sacrifice. 
We're always sacrificing things. We're always giving things, aren't we? But the problem with sacrifice is it's still our will. It's still our decision. And at the end of the day, we can say, look at all the things that I have done for you. But when we're obedient, it's completely outside of our will. We're just saying, yes, it's not us doing anything. We're just being obedient. There is no self involved whatsoever. So the two things, we first trust in his salvation and then we obey his authority. Like the old hymn says, trust and obey for there's no other way to be what? Happy in Jesus. That's not scripture, but it's cool. It's epic, dude. So what are we going to do with this revelation of his authority? There's a lot of ideals in the word of God, and one of those ideals is community. It seems difficult, community, in this day of independence, doesn't it? When we relate by social media, which I've renamed anti-social media. Anyone participate in anti-social media? This, what, what we need is we need to rediscover the community and the ideal of it that God has given us. So we choose this year, we choose this year to love our extended family. Who's your extended family? Look around. This is your extended family. Through serving together, through hospitality, through creating new connect groups, we embrace what God says about community. This is what we are doing together. This is what the church is going to do. Remember, it's God with us. And in a moment, I'll share about God with you and me. And as we celebrate through worship our eternity with the Lord, and we pray that heavenly ways would be established on earth, we're also motivated to see that as much of our community, as much of earth can actually participate with us and join with us in that place called heaven that Jesus has gone to prepare for us. Jesus says, I've gone to prepare a place with you. I don't want to go without the rest of Noosa. I want to actually have Noosa with us. I want to have our community with us. So our challenge this year is 50 new believers this year to introduce at least 50 new people to Christ. Jesus said, go up to the uttermost parts of the earth. So this year we're going to send. We're going to send people to the Solomons. We're going to send people to Indonesia, to Africa and beyond. But the challenge still exists in our own backyard as it does abroad. So we will serve each other and the broken of our community through our hub with a redemptive drive to make disciples. We cannot support our community for long if it only favours the prosperous. We need to be serving the broken. We need to be lifting up the poor among us. We need to be, we need to be not only serving them with what they need, we need to be speaking life into them. We don't look down on people's need, we lift people up to share our prosperity with them. It's not an act of mercy, it's sharing with our brother. And we have a redemptive drive as we feed and as we clothe and as we love our community, we do so with an eternal motivation that they would gain a revelation of Jesus Christ and his salvation as well. And the other thing we want to do is we want to never neglect the words that have gone before us. We received an amazing word last year about a new sound and we headed in a direction. 
So we want to be people who finish, who embrace the word that we've been given and finish. Be, be, he says, run the race in a way that you may win, that you may finish the race. So we want to be finishers. So we want to finish our creative center that's hidden behind that wall over there. We want to capture the new sound, the new sound of harmony that is coming from the unity within the midst of us. And as individuals, God with you, God with me, we challenge you afresh today to make a new commitment to obey the authority of God he has commanded us to do. He's commanded us to love him with our all. He's commanded us to love our neighbour as ourselves. Here's the thing, we don't always influence nations or whole communities, yet we can always influence people. One person at a time at a human level. And often that change comes from the small acts that move us, not from grand gestures. The small acts that move us. So here's the challenge for you this year. At least once a month, this is a statement for you to embrace, at least once a month I will organise a get-together with a person or a family I have not spent time with before. This is the challenge for each of you this year. 12 people or 12 families that you haven't spent time with once a month that you will spend time with. If you can't cook, have a coffee. If you don't drink coffee, have a caramel. It'll be epic, dude. (laughs) Go for a run. Go for a swim. If you've got a pair of Speedos, come for a swim with me. Twelve people. Twelve families. See, God has called us to love our neighbour as ourself. He wants us to step into the place of the unknown so that we can get out of antisocial media and into community of the ideal that the gospel presents to us. He says, you are a community, so I challenge you therefore today to at least once a month invite someone into your world who you haven't spent time with before. You've seen them all. You can look around now. There's some odd-looking people around the place, isn't there? I think you've all kind of got a, a varying level of oddness, which is entertaining to me. The key is, is to enjoy people's oddness, not to find someone who's odd like you. We don't want all those similar odd people together, otherwise we look weird to the world. There's a great statement that says we need to join together in our collective ugliness. And our collective ugliness is beautiful. This is community church. But he's also said love him with all of our heart, with all of our mind, with all of our soul, with all of our strength. See, here's the challenge for you too. I will find at least two people this year who don't know Christ and invite them to church. That's a challenge for you this year. It's interesting that Jamie said, as a church, we're waving a flag with the, with the gospel of Christ, live, uh, in it, is, on, you know, with the gospel of Christ, with the name of God, waving. He wants us to live our Christianity out loud. That verse in, that we read in Acts chapter 2 says, they became aware once they were preached the gospel. Then they were convicted. 
See, we're praying, we're praying in the church that the world will come, get convicted and come to church. First, they need to walk in awareness. Second, God can convict them. Third, they get a desire to love him. And fourth, they take a step of faith and the Lord adds to the church. Our job is a job of awareness. Our job is to live our faith out loud and to simply make a commitment. This year, I'm going to invite two people to church and I'm just going to wear them down. Just going to wear them down through anti-social media, through epic adventures in and out of this place. So our vision at all levels for our community, us corporately and even individually, is to simply trust in his salvation and be obedient to his authority. Trust and obey. Trust and obey. This is our vision for this year, to trust and obey. See, everywhere we look, there are people who need salvation and there is work to be done. Here's the thing, though. We don't compromise. We will never give up on the foundational principles of the kingdom. We'll never give up on the things that he has called us to stand for as we look to influence humanity. What we need to do is we don't need to be palatable to our community. We need to be representatives of God's community. We are the keepers of the gospel of God's kingdom. We're the keepers of the gospel. Whose watch is it right now? It's our watch, led by his spirit, according to the principles of his word. Guided by his principles, strengthened by his power, and because he lives, we can go boldly and face tomorrow with renewed vigor and courage. He says we're like a patchwork. We're a patchwork of personalities. We're a patchwork of culture. We're a patchwork of of different nationalities. And he says, this is looked upon as a weakness, but he says, this is my strength. Because your unity goes way beyond anything in the natural. See, what unites us is Christ alone. What unites us is that at some point in our life we have turned from our sinful ways and we have set our hearts on him and we have taken a step of faith and now we've become believers in him. Acts says if you you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that the Lord raised him from the dead, you will be saved. One thing unites us and that is that verse. That is what unites us. It doesn't matter what language you speak. It doesn't matter what, what country you're from, what suburb you live in, how expensive your house is, what kind of um, activities delight you, what you think is epic, dude. Does it really matter? What does matter is that you believe that Jesus Christ is Lord and that God has raised him from the dead. So you'll find on each of your seats there is a card that says commitment, my commitments for 2014. This isn't to hand in, this is just for you. See, for as much as leadership can do and must do, this is not an abdication of responsibility. We must do it as leadership. This is a challenge that it is ultimately the faith and the determination of each of us as individuals that the future of this community relies on. It relies upon each of us as individually, individuals making commitments to trust in his salvation, 
and to obey his authority. So I challenge you today. You know, when you walk out the door, you're going to get handed one of these piece, these booklets, which is an overview of the vision for this year. And I want you to have a look at it. And there's, 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 a, there's a small explanation of trusting and obeying. And then there's also a walkthrough of God with us in 2014 and God with me in 2014. So what I want, to, want, you to, I want to challenge you to do over the next few days, you, don't, you can do it right now, you can do it in the next few days, but what I want you to do is make some commitments in those areas. They don't need to be listed of functions, but just in the area of commitment, you know, in the area of delving into the depths of your salvation, in the area of obeying the authority in you, the authority that God has put in others around you. I want you to take a look at that. And look at your commitments and maybe slip it into your Bible. If your Bible's a mobile phone, take a photo of it. See, it's the kindness. Why doesn't the worship team jump up? It is the kindness to invite someone home for a meal. The selflessness of a volunteer who sacrifices his or her time to make it comfortable for someone else. And it's the boldness of those of us who will live our lives in the gospel out loud. It's these individuals that will strengthen not only this church, but will set free this community and will be an example of godliness that will be irresistible. So I call on you today to make a new commitment with us. Kristen and I and the elders and the leadership, senior leadership team, we stand before you today and we say we are committed to you, we are committed to the things of God, we are committed to, to understand our salvation more deeply and to walk in the authority that he has given us, not to dominate but to liberate. So make new commitments. Write them down. Hold on to them as a reminder. A greater understanding and a new measure of trust in the salvation of Jesus Christ and an obedience to his authority. What is required of us now as followers of the way is a new era of responsibility. It doesn't say who's in charge. It doesn't say who's to blame. It says, I am responsible for this future. I take a stand. I put my hand up. I am who God has called me to be. And I will live my faith out loud. A recognition on the part of every believer that our Father in heaven is using us, is using the church as his voice of the kingdom right now in 2014. He says, you are a city on a hill. You are a light unto the world. You are the salt of the earth. This is the source of our confidence. The source of our confidence is the knowledge that God has called us to shape a better future in his name. Why don't you stand with me and let me pray with you today. Father, we come before you humbly. We come before you under the knowledge that you have sent us to be conduits of your grace to this place called Noosa and beyond. Lord, we come with you and we offer you our hearts. We offer you our minds. We offer you our bodies. We offer you the depths of our spirit tonight, today, Lord. And we ask, Father, that you would wash us afresh. And as we commit to discovering new depths of our salvation, Father, and as we commit, Lord, 
to being obedient to your authority and to your will, Father. We ask that you would empower us to walk in your will, to know your truth, and to be completely free in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father, that we were not created with a spirit of fear. So we declare the fear and anxiety and unbelief and doubt and blame that you have no hold on us anymore because we are sons and daughters of the living God. We walk in a spirit of power. We walk in a spirit of love. And we have a sound mind that sees truth in the midst of the lies of this world. So we declare truth and we declare wholeness before us and for this community. And we anchor ourselves, we commit ourselves to each other to be a people who are a community of God and to be a people who want to impact the community of Noosa with the gospel. So we glorify your name. And we lift you up. Well, we pray you've been blessed by this message from Noosa Christian Outreach Church. For more information, please check out our website at www.noosacoc.org.au. See you soon.